0: lot talk radio <laughs>
1: Laris and Dan, and I am very happy to welcome you here, those of you in the United States. Um, I hope you are having a week filled with gratitude because it's Thanksgiving week here, and those of you in other parts of the world, thank you from my heart for joining us here today. I I'm just so delighted that you have discovered this show. Those of you coming here for the first time because I see that Blog Talk Radio a thank you to Blog Talk Radio for featuring this show today. Um I you are in for what I feel is going to be an honest, heart-filled conversation about a topic that will be very near and dear To many of us and things that we don't often talk about and need to. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation today in a moment with Pia Orlean. Pia, who has a PhD, is going to talk about her new book, Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. And Pia has done quite an exploration of ancient traditions, understanding the divine feminine, the divine masculine, how those relate, and the natural cycles of our bodies and how those are important to us spiritually and in every way. And how in many of our cultures today, we don't think of things in the same way as other cultures have. We're going to talk about retreat on multiple levels today. Pia is an award-winning author, lecturer, and she was formerly a practicing psychologist. Her website is Pia Orlean dot com and her last name well I'll spell that out P I A O R L E A N E dot com and I am just so very delighted to welcome Pia to the program today and she's calling in internationally from Spain today so that's exciting up oh, here we go welcome Pia to the program.
2: Thank you, Susan. I'm delighted to be here.
1: Well, I am very happy to have you here today. And I feel that your book invites us to truthfully honesty with ourselves and with each other. And that honesty and that real experience takes us all the way back. Uh, many Many women in particular, although this is also about men, to when we were teens and how we related to the changes in our own bodies and what we were taught about those things and then how that progressed through our lives. So so thank you, Pia. And can you tell us how you came to write this book?
2: I wrote the book because I was investigating, talking in some Native American circles, their ancient traditions. And some of the things that I learned had to do with women's traditions, separate from men's traditions, that they treated their cycles as very sacred times of learning, of purification, of creative guidance, of bringing back information and balance for the tribe, and re-harmonizing or rebalancing themselves to be in harmony with nature. And I thought that's really wonderful how out of balance we are in our cultures today and they're telling us things that they used to do that kept everything in balance in their tribes, and that got my interest. So I determined that I would try their method of treating my cycles as a sacred celebration in the same way that they did, and I had some pretty amazing results. And because of that, I decided to turn it into a scientific study, and I built a study that examined women's relationships, women's dreaming, women's intuition, and women's, Connection with creativity and asked the single question if you sleep separately in a sacred space during your menstrual cycle, will that increase all four of those areas? And I received a resounding yes with statistical significance that it does make a huge difference. So it got my attention that doing a study like this could affect a lot of people who don't have any idea because our culture promotes women being the same every day of the month every day of the year we're supposed to be men too we're supposed to be the same all the time constant that's the patriarchy's language that they would like to have us adhere to that we are constant all the time always striving for progress but if we're constant all the time we never have a time to rest regenerate and do the things that are natural to keep us in balance So our whole culture is out of balance. And I see that this book is a way of helping women and men start looking at our own cycles within our bodies and see where we are out of balance, how it's affecting our relationships, how it's affecting everything, and what we can do to change it. Yes, yes.
1: Oh, Pia, when I um, entered into your book, I, I have to tell you that I connected so much to this topic, and I feel many women—and like I said, it's not just for women—but many women will really reflect upon what their own experience has been. And and we are going to talk honestly about our menstrual cycles today, because you know, just the fact that we feel uncomfortable talking about these things—that is exactly the point. <laughs> it's that how we've been trained that we can't talk about it, and I think it starts all the way when we're young. It does,
2: and I would have to say to the male listeners right now also, just before you turn the radio off and say this is a women's show, at the end of my study, (laughs) I had all the partners who were, their wives were participating in my study over a seven-month period, and at the end of that seven months, I interviewed every single partner, and I asked them, how did this study affect you? And every single one of them said, now my wife and I can talk better, our sex is better, we're, we get along better, our children are benefiting. So the men actually benefit from by t- talking about this subject too. It's good for men as well. So don't turn your radio off, men.
1: Oh, please don't. And really, um, as partners, um, men need to, and I think many of us women, um who have seen how when we're we're with men who understand they they do men have a relationship to this absolutely because because they're you know they need to be supportive of us in in these times and and also um it's this is an important topic for everyone so so yes please this will help everyone in their relationships and in a better understanding of of how do we authentically relate in this way? And you know, Pia, um, I feel like honestly, our our fear of of men sometimes as women of this this response to how we're judged, um, and 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 many of many men don't judge us, but we're we're embarrassed or we're afraid or it's something that um, you know we're we're horrified or we dread. Um, I mean, we've had different experiences, and and I'm happy to honestly say I've had a, um, you know, a, a time with my own cycle where you know it could be heavy. Women out there, if your men have to support you in these situations too. I mean, it's not just just about women, and it's a very, um, for me, it's been a challenging road. And and you revealed to us, Pia, ways that we can approach this um in in such an open and and more peaceful way,
2: well, it's culturally inappropriate in our current society to discuss any type of cycle men's cycles or women's cycles. How That's many right. men out there have such a thing as andropause, which is a male yes. cycle? Cycles of hormonal balance in any whether in either gender are not discussed because we're not supposed to be seen as having any kind of difference in how we are from day to day. And that leads to why you said women are embarrassed or ashamed of their cycles because the cycle, when you're in a bleeding portion of the cycle, it calls for a different way of living your life than it does when you're not bleeding. You are more more inward alerted. You want to pay attention to your emotions more. You want to pay attention to your intuition more you may feel more introspective during that time. And then the other part of the cycle, you're more outgoing, possibly more creative. So if we don't acknowledge that we feel different during different times of the month, then we're going to continually be in a state of imbalance because we're always trying to be something we're not.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I I find this, having been in the workplace, Pia, and also in different situations where um you know and and also our and our view of it from child in my in, in i was taught this was the term that was given to me when i was a teen that it was getting sick that that was what it was and when i was a teen i have to tell you i had such heavy cramps that i had to be out of school um in those days you'd get a note from gym class i don't i don't know if you do anymore i mean but um, actually, I have a feeling you don't. I think women are kind of required to just do, you know, kind of buck up and be there. Well, in in the old days, you could get a note, especially from a female gym teacher, um, and you didn't have to be in class. Um, and, and so anyway, I know you had your own experience when you were young about how, how you were taught about the cycle. And many of us um, start out this way with a certain impression.
2: Well, there's a whole section in my book that lists as many names as I could think of that are denigrating for the female cycle. There's a curse, the wrong time of the month, sick time, uh, the nuisance, all these negative terms describing a beautiful ceremony that brings forth life. If it weren't for this ceremony, none of us would be on earth because we have to have this cycle in order to get pregnant. So to have it be a nuisance or a sick time or a curse, All of those ways of naming the cycle negative names reflects our culture's disrespect for life.
1: Yes. Yes. And and really it 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 shows that not only do we as women um are we're taught not to accept ourselves and we're told we're not accepted. And something Something that really struck me that I've never really reflected upon until you revealed it. I had always thought, Pia, that some of the cultures which had women go apart during this time were viewing them as dirty and rejected and, you know, really awful things, whereas you see it the total opposite way. And what a liberating thing that is.
2: Well, actually, I learned that through the Native American and other elders, indigenous elders that I worked with while I was doing my study. I grew up yes. thinking that it was also shameful and and it was something not to be talked about or seen or known. And when the Native American women said, no, no, the men don't make us go separate. We choose this. We do it for ourselves. And the African women that I talked to said, of course, we decide our own ceremony. We are the ones who choose to be not to be around men. It's our power time. All of these different indigenous cultures reframed my way of thinking and my way of seeing it because they understood it is a time of power. It is a time of purification, but purification is meant to rebalance us. It's not because we're dirty. It gives us an opportunity to clear out old emotions, old, old patterns of behavior that have been prob- problematic all kinds of things we can clear out if we retreat in order to do it. And the perfect time to retreat to clear out emotional or mental chatter is during the time when you're naturally clearing out the old blood that's not being used to make a child. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, something that, that I've observed and related to as I was reading, bit, oh, sorry, we got an echo. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay, that's better. Um, something I've observed, Pia, as I've entered into later in my life, and I will tell you, I'll honestly, actually, I did talk about this on a, on another show. Um, um, I recently reached menopause, as a matter of fact, but prior to that, um, during, when I was becoming more awakened and aware of nature, <laughs> one thing I really started to notice was the um, i would see a parallel to my own um connectiveness to to nature um and my own even um mystical aspects more so during during that time or or suddenly it would come you know during those times when i was having a more um connected experience um to the divine absolutely
2: and if you can treat your entire cycle that way with those same insights that you were having as you approached menopause, you recognize that you are part of nature and that you can use nature's cycles and your own cycles in harmony to have a more productive and a more beautiful life, one that's in more balance with a lot less stress.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, something that um, um, I. I experienced as I approached menopause, which is very recent, where I've actually been there. I am finally there, and I shouldn't say it that way, but I actually resisted it at the end. I really, it was funny, after all these years of having a somewhat tumultuous relationship with this cycle, when it finally, um, you know, ceased, the actual bleeding, um, I i resisted that transition for for a time and 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 grasped at it um, and and I found that very very interesting and um, I wondered um, it, if I, it was helping me to see that that all along this thing has been with me but accepting its change as I'm older is a part of it too that acceptance it's very important.
2: That's a very important point you're making, Susan. But I would also add that I think a great deal of women have difficulty with menopause, and men have trouble with andropause, because we're yes. in an age, an, an age biased culture. Our modern society yes. does not like old people. It wants effervescent youth is to be the prime. Medium that we all express them we, if we're not young we're not productive if we're not young we're not beautiful if we're not young we can't be loved So when women and men reach that hormonal stage where they're moving into endopause or menopause All of a sudden all these fears that have been culturally induced come to the surface. Oh, no I'm not going to be beautiful anymore. Oh, no, I'm not going to be wanted or needed anymore Oh, no, nobody's going to love me and that stuff surfaces And if you've spent a whole lifetime having cycle, men and women, but especially men with women with the menstrual cycle, if you spend a whole lifetime trying to suppress that cycle and ignore it, menopause is going to be harder because those things are going to come up even more because you're already culturally conditioned to be ashamed.
1: Yes. 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 That, that, that I really, really relate to that and, and um i will i will tell you certainly um within the the us certain um certain careers for example are are viewed as the domain of the young and what's so interesting is as we get older we can feel more creative and i really don't want to use that word productive i'm somewhat you're you're having me really think about I'm not saying that productivity <laughs> is good, but you're really making me think, Pia, about the the patriarchal view of what it is to be of value and to have a fulfilling, successful life. I think that we have been taught some patriarchal concepts there that are not helpful for us. Well, and this, yes,
2: there's nothing wrong with being productive. But patriarchy only values productive. And what's out of balance yeah. is we all need the retreat time to be not productive. If you think about yeah. it in terms of our brain, it's almost like saying we only value the outbreath. You can't have any in-breath. You only value the outbreath because that's the productive one. That's when you're letting go of things. But the in-breath, no, no, we don't want that. And if you think about it in terms that we're living on a planet based on duality and everything is balanced in terms of duality, it makes you question why is it that we're living in cultures that only value one pendulum swing, only the side of productivity and not the side of retreat that guarantees balance if we will only allow it into our lives.
1: Yes, yes. It, it applies to everything. I have to tell you that um, my last job in the corporate world, one of – what my goal was, was to get mostly men, because they were engineers, to put everything down for a little while and communicate so that they could be more creative and effective. And it was very challenging within that culture and actually really didn't work because no one could stop to take a breath. This was a technological sector, very, you would think of that as very male-oriented. Certainly it is a male-dominated profession, but as a woman, who was also an engineer and had spent my whole career attempting to facilitate and often successfully people working together um it was fascinating to observe how people could not take a breath to really do what um what what, what was needed to 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 be set, make a setting for that creativity and this very much impacted men and women alike, and there's just that notion of racing, racing, racing forward without stopping, and it doesn't that help causes, us.
2: That causes a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress induced illnesses. Um, I would yes. encourage all of your listeners to pay attention to your own breathing, especially when you're busy, when you're at your most busy Stop for five seconds and just pay attention to if you're breathing or not. Because many people, when they're very, very busy or they're pressured, will simply stop breathing. They hold their breath. And that in itself, physiologically, will cause the reaction of anxiety. It's not just the stressful situation that's causing the anxiety. It's that we're not honoring the in-breath and out-breath cycle. And that's what my book is about, is learning to honor the cycles of everything, our heartbeat our blood, everything about us cycles. And if we stop, don't start paying attention to the fact that we do have cycles and honor them, we're going to burn ourselves out. We're, yeah. we're sort of at the point now where we're in a race with technology. You said something about everything feeling pressured for going forth more and more and more fast forward. And that has to do yeah. with our technological input also. People think they have to keep up with computers. People think they have to keep up with the clock, and we don't. We're not technological. We're biohumans, and we have biorhythms that need to be honored.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, um, something that that I observed within that culture and even within technological development itself is that because we weren't pausing and and, um, being reflective about certain things Um, we might race into things that we really don't need to be racing into, or perhaps things just aren't easy. We make it hard because we don't take the time. Like I was always a big fan, and my specialty was um, humans relating (laughs) to, to the things that we create. You know, not always it being faster, 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 or smaller, you know, in the palm of your hand, but it's actually something that's usable and helpful in our lives. And, um, and it seems that that this notion of progress um, isn't always fully understood. You know, progress isn't always the faster car, the faster, um, you know, it's not always that. In fact, it, although we're told that it's that, it's, it's our relationship to these things and how they change us together.
2: Well, you said a key word there. You said we are told, a key phrase. We are told yes. that, and that's one of the things we need to begin to examine is how many things do we believe that we have been told, and might those things be not true? Do we want to start yes. examining the myths and the things that we tell ourselves or we've been told that we still hold on to and believe, or do we want to start creating some new things that we believe about our lives that are based on reality? Yes, yes.
1: And and I will tell you, and then I'll kind of leave the technological sector alone, but I'm very much in relationship to it. I feel that if we could bring more of our feminine aspects forward in that domain, technology would partner with us more than um, more than race ahead of us or feel to be at odds with us. I mean, when we talk about some of the misuses, of technology, yeah. and I'm talking about men too. Some of the most creative men that I knew in that domain, who were the most caring, had a very powerful, um, divine feminine attribute that you could feel within them—a sensitivity. This isn't just women being in, being in that, and and it's very important for us as our society moves. I hate to, again, moves forward in t- understanding what we mean by moving forward what that means.
2: Um, well,
1: technology
2: is certainly not the enemy. So we allow technology to rule us. And the secret is learning to use the word you just used, have technology partner with us. Use it as a partner. Use it as something that can help us achieve what we want to achieve. But do not allow it to keep us stuck on the Internet Scrolling from one Google site to another because there's so much there, you never get it done. We have to put limits on it and take a walk outside, put put your feet on the ground, breathe in the air and say, I am part of nature, and then come back to whatever you want to do with technology. It's out of balance at the moment.
1: It it is, and we're using some wonderful technology right now. You and I, on multiple levels, wouldn't be speaking at all if not for for technology. And look how it's linked us across the world. Um, how wonderful that is! The people we may never have known, if not for technology, there are many wonderful things that it gives to us. But we're invited to be in balance. We we really are. You 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 help us to reflect as to how we can. And
2: that's the whole purpose of the book, is to help us come back into balance in all sectors of our
1: lives. I would like to re-examine this word retreat. When people first see the word retreat, they may just think, oh, you know, going on retreat um, at a retreat center or out in the country. But there's a deeper meaning to it, too. It's a way... Of living as well, there are cycles of retreat. Like maybe you're at the end of of one part of your professional life, and you're you're retreating in a positive way to a place where other creativity may emerge. And I wonder if you could reflect on the deeper meaning of that word retreat. I think
2: the meaning of the word retreat means to stop and take a breath and pause and give face for something else to be born instead of continuing yeah. on whatever path you're on. It's, uh, I like the word treat in the middle of it. It's giving yourself a treat. It's giving yourself a moment to pause and to examine your life, examine what's going on around you. Re, and the re part is about redoing things that don't work, rethinking things that maybe you've had questions about, So I like the two together. The re is to do it over again in a new and different way. And the treat is to give yourself a treat.
1: I love that. And I always think of the re as a reflect as well. That word reflect Mm -hmm. seems to come to me. that It's contemplated. Yes, yes. Yes. I I can feel that. that Yes. I wonder, Pia, if you could talk, you give some wonderful examples in your book of conversations that you've had with various cultures. And I wonder if you could pick an example and explore a specific um exploration that you've had with a culture that taught you something. I know there's one that has to do with, with a Blackfoot uh, story there, and, and there are others. That I would, mean, you entered into all these things.
2: The Blackfoot one would be the one I would choose because that was the one that uh-huh. struck me most. I was driving across Canada doing some of my research on indigenous women's cycles, and it was getting hot, and I was tired, and I decided to stop at a Blackfoot museum. And I parked the car and I waited on the shuttle bus and I got on the shuttle bus and the driver started driving and I noticed there was nobody on the bus but me. And I sat there very quietly and all of a sudden I noticed she passed the museum and drove out of the park. And she drove for about 15, 20 minutes and I didn't say a word. I just waited to see where we were going. And finally she stopped and she turned and looked at me and said, I'm taking you to the Men's Vision Quest site because... I've been told spirits want me to take you here. We can't go any closer because it's a men's sacred place, but this is a good place to talk to you. You have questions about women. Please tell me your questions and I'll answer as I can. That was an indication to me that there are ways of communicating and knowing one another by not talking. She intuitively listened to what was going on and knew that she had picked up a rider on her bus that had a specific topic that she could help her understand. And that intuitive wisdom translated into a very deep conversation the two of us had. So she taught me much of the things that I wrote about in the book about how cycles are treated as sacred times, how retreats are important both to the men and the women, the menstrual cycles for the women, and the sweat lodges for the men and the Blackfoot culture. If it were Cherokee culture, it would be the river plunges. But still, certain things that they did for purification, connections with the spirits, and taking time out from their regular progress, their regular lives. So this particular incident that I had landed me in a world of understanding that we can connect with one another intuitively if we slow down enough to listen to the opportunity that's being presented to us, any opportunity that comes, if you just stop and listen and respond to what's happening, rather than reacting and already pre-planning what you're going to do next, your whole life can unfold in a different way. That's one of my favorite stories.
1: Yes, yes, it's a wonderful, um, um, rather magical, synchronistic story. I feel I love stories like that. How how we're connected in a way that we just can't even we can't even begin to understand at at the the surface level just how deep. And and when you speak about listening, um you you had me reflecting about that as well and and how it it impacts relationships. I'd like to spend some time in this last half hour speaking about relationships as well. And I do see a couple callers out there on the line, and, and, and um, if they'd like to ask a question, I will bring, bring them on. Um, I'm having, I can't always see if they want to ask a question or they're just sitting out on the teleconference, but I'll give them an opportunity. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit, Pia, about relationships. I love this word that you use, heartmate. And also uh-huh. cycles in relationships. We find our ourselves in between relationships or and, and how we treat ourselves during those periods and and then also when we, you know, are open to, to what comes our way. This heartmate term is a beautiful term. I love it.
2: Thank you. That's my favorite term from my husband. I have called him my heartmate uh-huh. from the day we met.
1: Yes, yes. Oh it's wonderful. Beautiful. I can feel it.
2: The thing about relationships is that we don't often recognize that relationships have cycles, too. It's not just what you mentioned about being in relationship and then having a part of the cycle where you're out of relationship. There are actually cycles that occur within the relationship. Unfortunately, in Western cultures, we have been conditioned to believe that there's a fairy tale. You fall in love, and everyone lives happily ever after. I'd like to change that to say you fall in love, and you live happily even after. Because we have down times in the cycle where we're not so synchronistically in harmony. We have times where we, the opposite viewpoint of our partner is really pushing triggers and buttons in us, making us think how we can grow or how we need to determine how we're going to respond. All these things are part of the cycle of the relationship. And one of the biggest gifts of relationship is learning to respond rather than to react to what's going on with your partner. That's part of the cycles within a relationship. That's one of the beauties also of a woman withdrawing, making the choice to withdraw to her own sacred sleeping space when her bleeding cycles happen, when she's menstruating, because that's her time to move away and say, I'm going to have my own dreams that are not in a shared space. I'm going to have my own purification. I'm going to give some contemplative thought to what's been working in my life and what hasn't and see what I can do about it. And after she makes all those changes, she comes back into the relationship. The husband has then had time on his own to do his own contemplative work, and they're happy to see each other generally and happy to be back and sharing the marital bed again. So the cycle idea within a relationship actually enhances the sexuality. It deepens the connection. It improves the communication. I can't tell you all the list of adjectives the men that I imbued interviewed after my study told me about how honoring a cycle within the relationship enhanced their marriages
1: yes 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 i i i connect to this i i think that, that a lot of times um as women we may had we may have had that inclination where we did want to to be off to ourselves and and it was more than um being ashamed or feeling dirty or any of that that's not what it it was it it's a natural impulse to to want to to be off to oneself and and utilize that time in the way that that it's meant i i i find this fascinating and we judge it i mean i look back in the past myself many people are experiencing this right now we have a tendency to judge ourselves like like we're we're thinking of ourselves as unclean, no, that's not it
2: well, there's a tendency in our culture to label anyone who wants to turn and do a bit of intuitive work on their own a little introspection. If a woman withdraws during her menstrual cycle, the cultural societal stamp is oh, she's moody, but it doesn't mean she's moody it means she's drawing into her own space to be able to look at what she's feeling. And one of the things that I found in my studies about this topic is that the reason women get labeled moody is because the veil is thinner when they're having their their menstrual cycle. All the things that aren't working in their lives come to the surface as an opportunity to take care of it. So if the woman actually makes the choice to withdraw and really contemplate about what's out of balance, Then she can come back with new ideas and new creative solutions to make things work better. But if she tries to just shuffle through and these emotions are coming up, she's going to be stuck in a place where she's labeled as moody and nothing gets resolved. And then she just suffers until the next cycle. It's important to honor the fact that the emotions are there for a reason. And the veil is center about what we feel and how we're feeling it during that particular type of the cycle.
1: Yes. You know, you've got me thinking again about the corporate world for just a moment and how we are we feel driven to disconform during that time. But wouldn't it be amazing if we were actually honoring our cycles and did retreat and then came back to whatever you know it can be to a relationship or with you know, or our workplace and suddenly you know we have all these new creative ideas that have come to us. I mean, I think that that we are we are at a loss for not honoring this time and pushing through it because it does it leads to dysfunctional things when we push because that's when we feel pain. That's been my experience if i um Absolutely. was really pushing through it, that's when it would be painful, and then of course, if it becomes too painful, you're forced to retreat. It's like like I was in high school I had to I couldn't couldn't be there you know I had to go home and it was so painful I had to go to sleep and I find that interesting too did I dream I actually went through an experience in my in my young years where yes I had to go home and I didn't even want to be awake it was so uncomfortable for me and I would just go to sleep in the day and I think that I would dream and I find that fascinating too
2: the the interest in the corporate world that you mentioned is a very keen, interesting thing to talk about because if women did what we were talking about and retreated during their menstrual cycle and came back into the workplace with these creative ideas, it would actually and if men allowed and supported that instead of disallowing it through the patriarchal rules, it would actually move right. our entire corporate world more towards the corporations viewpoint of cooperation rather than competition right now all of our corporate goals are based on competition how can we beat the competition who's better than we are what can we do to beat the competition is the main focus in every corporation but if we allowed this new way of being into our businesses we would have more cooperative businesses so that one corporation could do oh they're doing this how can we support that because if we support what they're doing it's going to support what we're doing. We need to move away from the model of competition and move into the model of cooperation. And that's one thing that moving and understanding cycles helps bring about into our awareness.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the irony of it all is is by developing, even cooperation within a particular corporate culture, what then results um, the, the very goals that, um, you know, I would love to get out of this competitive view. But the funny thing is, is you really would accomplish those very goals of, you know, breakthroughs. Breakthroughs, they're not really about competition. You know, when the World Wide Web was created, yeah, there were all these businesses spawned. But what did it really do? You know, I mean, these are breakthroughs, world-changing things that are far beyond Competition they are you know they they change all of society.
2: One of my favorite stories, Susan, is about um, a group of young people that went to Africa to on a mission. They were going to bring their religion to the African culture, and one of the things they were going to do was teach children how to play games. the African children. they thought that's a good thing to do, let's teach them games. So they gathered up these children, and they said, okay, we're going to have a game where you have a race. And whoever can make it to that tree over there first gets this candy as a prize. And the children looked at each other, and they were very puzzled, and they looked at the, the teachers again and said, how do we do this? And they said, whoever <laughs> makes it to the other uh, first gets the prize. So they joined hands, and they all ran together so that they could share the candy. That's what I'm talking about, about cooperation, yep. and it's also what you're talking about, about making major breakthroughs and changing the way we see the world. We have to change the way that we teach our children. We have to change the way that we give our little boys toy guns and tell them they have to take care of problems by killing, and change the way yeah. that we bring up our girls by saying, now you can be the same every day of the month. No, honor your differences during the month. That's part of your strength. So we have to change the way that we think about what our cultures are bringing into our lives and when we start changing our thinking and start making new rules then we'll have more cooperative harmonious societies.
1: Yes. Yes. Ah. Uh, I I it is it is my hope and really belief that we are moving into that that that's our real progress to use that word progress that we are evolving into a more cooperative structure even though it seems like everything is falling apart right now and and it couldn't feel more patriarchal in some ways and yet you know we live in a context right now Pia I mean things are just I mean things are falling that 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 have have been accepted within our culture it's as if everything is coming to the light now um in our culture
2: Well, it's time that the darkness is shown a little bit of light in there so that we can correct things that are out of balance and that cause harm. We need to start thinking of the highest good for all. If it doesn't serve you, then it's not going to serve me. And we need to start seeing each other in the spirit that we are one another and that there is no reason to compete with one another. Nobody has anything better than I do nobody has anything better than you do we have differences and those differences are beautiful and together we can make a whole so cooperation is far more beautiful than competition
1: yes yeah. yes
2: yeah. i would yeah. love to would see you see... Oh, go ahead yes i, was oh, gonna I was say i would gonna... love to see competitive sports between children stopped yeah. and have parents teaching children cooperative games instead of competitive sports. I think that would be a grand first stage for helping the next generation understand the changes they're trying to make culturally.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, that would be so important. And I I watch sometimes um, how women within um, even, you know, school are kind of forced into this male model of competitive as well, as if they have to be like the boys, you know. And maybe the, everybody needs to change. There's no like the boys, you know. If we Everybody needs to change the way that we're approaching these, these things. And, well, and then more people can a, participate, that too.
2: My husband has a great term for this. It's, you're talking about girls wanting to be boys, but it goes all the way up into our political system and our businesses. And he calls it women in yeah. training to be men. Rather than using yep. their gifts, their divine gifts as women, they try to emulate the men and do things the way men do. So, of course, whatever structure they're involved in becomes more out of balance because they're not using their natural gifts. They're trying to emulate the gifts of the opposite gender.
1: You know, this could be a whole show in itself. But something else that I've observed that can happen within cultures is women undermine other women sometimes in their in their drive to be like the men. If if another woman is maybe revealing, like, say, they you know, in fact, it may be a woman who might be the least understanding of you being on your cycle in the workplace just because. For herself, she hasn't come into acceptance of that, and is attempting to be like the men. And so, all the women need to be like the men, and that can be another. Again, we could we could talk a long time. You could probably write a whole book about corporate cultures, Pia.
2: (laughs) Well, that has to do with the competition again. If the women women feel they are threatened, if they don't compete, then they're not going to succeed. And that has been instilled in us because women have been pushed aside, dismissed, not listened to, had to fight to vote, had to fight to get equal pay. There's been such a fight for equality between genders that women now are not wanting to let that slip. So therefore, they forget that they have power in their own gender, and they try to be like the men in order to be safe. And we're never going to be safe if we're not who we are. We have to be strong in ourselves as women. Not be strong because we're trying to be like the men.
1: Yes, yes, uh, oh, so true. Um, we have we have a number of callers on the line today. Who your topic is really reaching out to people, and um, I wonder if you would like to take a call for a question. Sure.
2: I'll be happy to.
1: Okay, um, if you're at area code five seven five, you have been waiting very patiently. And if you're simply listening, uh, it's okay to be silent um, because I can't tell from the the switchboard. So I'm just going to bring you on the line and see if you have a question for Pia at area code 575.
3: So this is Stanley, and I am very male listening to this. Yes, hi, Stanley. Hello. And um, I would like to say I don't, Really have a question other than I, I saw your title of your book, um, and I like the title, and I like the fact that a retreat is something different than you know going to a, a lodge or going to some, but actually retreating within. And so, if you want to speak a little bit more on retreating within, I'd appreciate that, Pia.
2: Hi, Stanley. Thanks. I'd be delighted to. Retreating within means that you're not really influenced by the outside world at the moment. You put aside your internet, you put aside your outer duties, you put aside any demands that are made on you, and you consciously move into a contemplative space where you're focused upon whatever it is that you need to to work on in your life. A great way of retreating is meditation. Being able to go into a quiet space and meditate is a great way to have a retreat going for a walk in nature, in a park, taking your dog for a walk. That's a great way to go on a retreat. These are many retreats that we can institute into our life every day. You can meditate for five minutes. You can go on a 20-minute walk with your dog. These are retreats out of the busy schedule, giving yourself a treat and also allowing you to reflect upon whatever it is that you needs reflecting on in that moment. Larger retreats allow you to have a weekend where you just, pamper yourself or you look at what you need to look at where you slow down where you breathe more deeply perhaps you involve yourself with some music that brings you to a, a different spiritual level or you focus more upon your dreams or you can write in your journal you can set aside and you can design any type of retreat that you want that helps you to grow so i hope that answers what you're asking and i am delighted that you called in
3: well, thank you for taking my call, and I appreciate it. And I and I was sort of writing in my journal while I was l- listening to the call, so I'm semi-retreating here.
1: <laughs> That's your
3: Okay, have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you. That's wonderful, Stanley. Thank you for calling in, Stanley. I appreciate that. Well, see, isn't it wonderful that our first call is a male caller who's connecting to the topic? That just touches my heart because it really is. There's so much here for everyone. Yes. Um, I'm going to take another call here. So we have some patient callers here. Um, this one's a Skype call, and you'll hear if you're brought on the line. And if you're quiet, if you're just listening, that's okay. I'll I'll take you down. Just if you have a question or a comment, I'm about to bring you on the line. Hello, on Skype, do you hear us? Are you on the line? Okay, they're just quiet. And then I'm going to bring one other on again. There's a couple. 805, area code 805. Again, if you're just quiet and listening, um, that's okay. If you have a comment or a question, please ask. You'll hear it that you're on the line. Area code 805, are you there? they're just listening. And then one more and then we'll talk some more um, cuz they've just been so patient. Area code 970. Same thing, if you have a question or comment, I'll bring you on and you can ask. Otherwise, thank you for listening on the teleconference. Hi,
0: this is and Lena. I I'm, Oh, hello. Hi. Yes, welcome. Hi. Hi. I I'm um uh, I'm I am i am i do not particularly have a question. I'm just was just so happy to see that I had a moment in my work day, and I happened to pull up the email that this call was taking place, and I haven't heard Tia in a while, so I'm really happy to be here um what i what I would comment on, however, is just the last question from um the last question that you took about um retreating and what I'm noticing these days is um more and more is the speed with which we are functioning at as a culture and how difficult it is even for me as someone who is, um, well-trained in meditation and the value of it just to be able to stop, um, because my nervous system is so cranked up, um, just by the collective energy in the, in the whole field that we're living in and, um, you know, my own lifestyle. Um, so I just, I just am aware of the increased difficulty to just stop, even for five minutes, you know, to unplug, so to speak. Um, not that it's not possible. It certainly is, but there is so much that's um, in some ways working against that. So that's the comment. I don't know if Pia wants to respond.
2: Hi, Leah. Thanks for the comment. The one thing that I would say about that, I'd say you're absolutely correct, that pressure to not stop that we have to keep going is what we're feeling from society all around us. And what I would suggest for all of us who are feeling that is to stop and think about how much energy it takes to do what we're doing. How can we maybe divert that energy? How much energy would it take to change the pattern and say, I'm going to stop for five minutes? We're spending the energy to push forward. Why not spend that energy, that equal amount of energy, to say, I'm going to take a break now for five minutes? It's the Mm -hmm. same amount of energy. It's our choice how we want to spend it. Thank you. Thanks for calling in.
1: Yes, thank you so much. That's really valuable input for all of us. I think many of us have experienced that, and and um, thank you, callers, so much for for being with us today. I always appreciate taking a a few calls. And Pia, um, my goodness, this show has um, progressed again. There's (laughs) more, but like it's been, although it's been such a nice, relaxed time of of sharing. The hour just just went right by because um, I, I, I think that many of us are being called to this topic, um, very much so. We're, we're being called to a new way of life that is really an old one, is what you're showing us, an ancient one.
2: Yes, it is. I'd like to just close by saying the time has never been more critical for welcoming the viewpoint of the divine feminine and returning to the wisdom of our natural cycles, whether they're male or female. The time is critical now because the planet is out of balance. We need to stop our linear thinking and focus on continual progress and on competition and begin to focus on just our breath and recognizing that there's two sides to the breath. There's the in-breath and the out-breath. And look into the fact that we have two genders. There's a reason we have two genders. We balance each other out. Look at all the differences that we have and see how they can be blended more into a harmonious whole. And then stop and look at the planet and say, how can we make the planet better? By recognizing and honoring our own cyclical nature and harmonizing our nature with the nature of Earth. We're here for a reason, and it's time to be able to feel into what that reason might be in our own growth and evolution.
1: Yes. Yes. Well... Thank you so much, Pia, for for all of your your exploration and and um, just how you've been led, really, to and guided to to help us in this way. I I feel you have much, much to to share with us to help us. And 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 Pia, can you let the the audience know where they can um, find more about your speaking events and and different things that that you are sharing, Um, please let us all know where we can discover that.
2: Most everything is listed on my website. It's piaorlean.com. You can find all kinds of things that are going on there on that website, and I'll try to keep you up to date with whatever speaking engagements are happening or most things that are recorded I post on there for links. for You to listen to them later if you don't hear them at the beginning. And I'm happy that all the listeners may want to check in and see what other things I'm involved in and what other things I do. My whole passion is about expanding evolution for humanity. We're here to expand yes. and grow and change. Um, the book itself yes. is available on the website, or you can buy it at any bookstore. Um, it's available anywhere you regular books. That you can find pretty much anywhere if you just ask the bookstore for it or you can buy it off the website itself. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, I thank all the thanks. listeners who've been with tonight on this show and with you, Susan, contributing with your energy whether you've spoken or not. Just knowing that you're interested and you're listening makes a difference. Thank you.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners across time who are listening to the podcast, I I feel energetically you are with us presently um, because, you know, um, I know something else you speak of, Pia, is this notion of linearity is not quite what we think it is. So I feel the presence of those listeners, too, whenever or wherever they're listening. We are not separated. We are all together. So so thank you from my heart. Pia for being here with us today. I've really appreciated this time of sharing.
2: Thank you for the opportunity. It's been wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. Take care. And I will note that the switchboard's a little slow today, so everybody. Who's come on the line, including you, Pia? It may not mute you as it normally will at the end. So we're all being invited to just be rather still and quiet as we we reflect at the end of the program. And I I take this as a wonderful sign, everybody, because what it means is you're all tuning in, not just you know to this show, to other shows here, and sharing and listening. And that's a wonderful thing because I know that it's a holiday week here in the United States. And thank you from my heart for spending time with us here today um, because that that really does touch my heart. And we will be on the air again next week after the holiday here in the U.S. And I encourage you all to be thankful FrontierBeyondFear.com dot com is where you can learn about upcoming shows. Our next show is Wednesday, November twenty ninth, at twelve p.m. Pacific, and Mark David Gerson is coming on again. A very creative soul who teaches us to um, develop our creativity. He's written multiple books and helps writers and creators. So thank you, everyone, for being here again things are a little slow, we may just need to breathe through the end. I'm going to play the music and see if it plays. If it doesn't play, I encourage you to go out in nature, breathe, or play some of your own music and be in joy today. Be in peace. Thank you, everyone.